Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 68 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi of DraftAnalyst.com. I'm joined by Tony Pauline as we put a bow on our AFC South draft reviews with the Jaguars and the Titans, who are looking to keep pace with the upstart Colts and Texans just two years after the Jags nearly ended up in the Super Bowl. And the Jaguars hope that this draft will put them back into contention. They had some injuries last year. Obviously, they had issues at quarterback, which they hope that Nick Foles will solve. As far as the Titans, I mean, this is a make-or-break year for Marcus Mariota. They needed help all over the field, though they came away with some good players that we'll talk about. Now, Josh Allen fell into Jacksonville's lap at number seven here. It really be interesting to see what the Jags do with him. He needed to get stronger no matter what. But to play defensive end in Jacksonville's 4-3, he'll especially need to add some strength. Either way, what he's going to do is he's going to get after the quarterback in sub-packages at worst. They'll find a way to get him on the field after drafting him this high. The Jags do have some depth on the defensive line that they can kind of slow his development and use him in situations that are more favorable to him. But he's an explosive pass rusher, and he does have the overall skill set to eventually make an all-around impact as a complete defender. Strange pick as far as I'm concerned, because I thought Josh Allen all along would be a a terrific 3-4 outside linebacker. He was talked about with the New York Jets to help solve their pass rush need. You know, Jacksonville plays a 4-3. This pick reminds me of Dante Fowler. Are they going to use him at defensive end? Are they going to use him at strong side linebacker? If you use him at strong side linebacker and you blitz him, he could be very effective. But I think he could also be a liability in coverage. I thought he was best in coverage as a 3-4 outside guy. I just don't see him being a 4-3 outside linebacker on every down basis. I like the player, but I just think the fit was a little bit strange. Now, many thought the Jacks would actually take Juwan Taylor at number seven overall. They ended up pivoting to Allen once he fell. Instead, Taylor fell to 35 where they scooped the Florida tackle. They also added San Jose State tight end Josh Oliver and Murray State linebacker Quincy Williams in round three. Now, Taylor's a potential right tackle at the NFL level. He's got good size and strength. He dropped a bit because he was flagged for a knee issue. The Jags will be more than happy if he works out despite that injury, kind of like the Miles Jack situation a few years ago where Jacksonville was rumored to be interested in him at the top of the draft. Instead, he fell to the top of the second round. And Jack has done very well for Jacksonville. So I think they're hoping for kind of a repeat here with Juwan Taylor. Now, Josh Oliver is a good athlete, flexed out in the slot a lot for San Jose State. Not really a great blocker, but should add bulk in an NFL weight program. And he's a solid move tight end with big, strong hands. Once he catches the ball, it doesn't leave his hands. And he's a player who eventually is going to get an opportunity to start there. Now, Quincy Williams was really just the shocker of the draft here. We didn't even have a report on him among 700 reports. NFL Network had nothing on him when he was drafted. He is a run-and-chase will type of linebacker, safety size at 225 pounds, but really just a head-scratching pick on every level. Tony, what do you think of the Jags' second day overall? Yeah, like you said, you know, Jawan Taylor, they hope that it turns out to be a home run like Miles Jack was. We were the first ones to break the news that Jawan Taylor was dropping because of the uh, red flags on the injuries. And I, I still contend it was more than just a knee injury. I continue to hear that it was back and there were concerns about weight fluctuations. If he gets that all together and he shows some durability, the Jaguars absolutely hit a home run with this selection. 
that I think they did well with their next pick, Josh Oliver. They have a desperate need at tight end. Josh Oliver is a terrific pass catcher. He's got a good amount of upside to become a solid blocker. He's a move tight end with size and growth potential. He's a polished pass receiver, too. He's not just a good athlete who runs down the field. He plays smart, tough football and really was the only ray of sunshine on what was a terrible San Jose State program. It was tough getting through that film, but I think that was an outstanding selection for Josh Oliver. Their other third-round pick, you know, Quincy Williams, what are we going to say? I mean, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? What are they going to do with him? I mean, this was a massive reach unless he somehow turns out to be a great special teamer. We'll have to wait and see what happens. No fourth-round pick for the Jaguars this year, but the Jags did pick up Temple running back Reichwell Armstead in the fifth round. They got Washington State quarterback Gardner Minshew in round six and Auburn defensive tackle Dontavious Russell in round seven. Now, Armstead's a 220-pound back with good feet and 4.46 speed. Unfortunately, he didn't produce much as a receiver at Temple. It's not much when it comes to cutting back laterally against the grain, but he does provide some nice insurance for the ever-mercurial Leonard Fournette, who really can't seem to stay out of trouble, however minor it may be. He's already lost the guarantees in his contract, so it'll be interesting to follow that situation and see if Armstead gets an opportunity. I do like Gardner Minshew. He's nothing more than an NFL backup, though. His arm's nothing special. He is a bit small. Doesn't really have the athleticism to make up for that lack of size. But he's a heady guy who can definitely settle in as a long-term backup. And in the sixth round, that's pretty good value. Dontavious Russell is a space eater on the inside, but he has an inconsistent motor. If Jacksonville was able to get him firing on all cylinders, that could end up being a value pick as an early-down run stopper. Yeah, Armstead was outstanding value in round five. I mean, you know, Fournette's also had some injury issues. So Armstead's a guy who I think will not only be a capable backup, but in instances where Leonard Fournette's on the sidelines, I think he'll be a capable spot starter. Gardner Minshew, you know, he's got to learn to play in an NFL system, but he's tough, he's feisty, he's got a good head on his shoulders. So uh, I could see why he was taken in, in round six. And you said it right about Dontavious Russell. He's a guy who does not consistently get the most from his ability, the way scouts should. I mean, he's a guy that if he plays up to his level of ability in camp, he could make the roster. Otherwise, he's going to bounce from practice squad to practice squad and consistently disappoint. Now, Jacksonville scooped 21 free agents after the draft. The highlights were Mississippi safety Zedrick Woods and Duke linebacker Joe Giles Harris. Woods blazed a 4-2-9-40 at the Combine, the fastest time among all players, and he plays that speed on tape. He has good range in the deep field, but really needs to improve his skills playing the ball and playing deep as well. Now, Joe Giles Harris is not the athlete that Woods is. Obviously, plays a different position. Giles Harris does lack bulk for his particular position at 6'2", 235 pounds, battles inefficiency at times. But if he can bounce back after what really was a tough 2018 season for him, He's a versatile player with the potential to help the Jaguars on defense. Yeah, Bunchy Stallings is an interesting guy. Can back up at guard or tackle. I think that was a terrific signing. Connor Strahan, you know, keep an eye on him. Connor Strahan was a terrific player at Boston College. Had his development stunted by a, a injury that kept him on the sidelines in 2017. Played really well last season. Tested off the charts during Pro Day. So with the upheaval, you know, with Telvin Smith, with his recent decision, I think Connor Strahan has an absolute possibility to make the active roster. So keep your eye on that. Tyree Brady of Marshall was a guy who a lot of people thought was a mid-last-day pick. That was until Pro Day when he ran the four sevens. 
He's a good receiver who can also return punts. He just can't run. But he plays faster than his 40 times, so I think he'll have an outside shot. Savion Smith is a big physical corner who also ran poorly, which is what pushed him out of the draft. I'm a big fan of Tay Hayes of uh, Appalachian State. You can get his scouting report at draftanalyst.com. I think he's a guy that's sort of a sleeper. Don't know if he makes the active roster. I think he's at worst a practice squad player. But I think he, if he plays well over the summer, he's the guy who can make the Jaguars depth chart as a dimeback. Now, the top of Jacksonville's draft looks really good. Then the Quincy Williams pick kind of comes out of left field. Some up and down picks later on. What did you think of the effort overall by Jacksonville? Strange in the sense that, you know, when you look at the first pick, Josh Allen, again, I like the player. I just don't see the fit. You know, I, I see Dante Fowler, but are they going to use him at linebacker? It, it was kind of strange. I agree with you. Deron Taylor was outstanding value. I like Josh Oliver. Quincy Williams was a head scratcher. And really, last day, I think Reichwell Armstead was a good selection for him. Overall, I think it was an average draft. I don't think it was outstanding because I don't know how Josh Allen fits. I think they did do a good job, obviously, signing Nick Foles, a free agency. So I think they'll be better this year, Jacksonville. I just don't know that they'll be to the heights they were two years ago when they played in the AFC title game. Now, we'll head to the Music City in just a moment. But before we do, please support the draft analysts by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms. You can also find us at Believe.com. Leave a rating and a review. And if you have any questions you want answered on the show, tweet us at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline at Draft Analyst One and at Believe Podcast to get in touch with the show. Now, the Titans were expected to look for immediate help in round one with the 19th overall pick. Instead, they grabbed Mississippi State's Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle who might not even play this season after tearing his ACL in an offseason workout. May have been a top five to seven overall prospect in this draft, though. Really an explosive athlete who cleaned up his act after a disturbing off-field incident that came before he enrolled in college. Teams really did seem comfortable with that incident. Uh, He came to school and was really, I don't want to say a choir boy, but he was very good. He didn't cause any trouble once he was in school. So the issue with Simmons more so became the injury than the off-field issues. But as long as his recovery goes smoothly, he should make an impact. And possibly as soon as the end of the season, I've heard rumors of an October or a November return. That seems pretty optimistic to me, but I guess the possibility is still out there. I think they'd be crazy to rush the guy back. He's got great upside. The worst thing you could do is rush him back before the knee injury is completely healed. And then maybe you set him back for 2020. Great upside. And don't forget, it was a late injury. It wasn't an injury that happened during the 2018 season. It happened in the lead up to the combine when he was training. Terrific player. Very explosive. Obviously has straightened out his life, which is good to see. Was a surprising pick. I mean, I was told that uh, he wouldn't get past Green Bay with their second pick in round one, although they traded up for the safety. He's got a great upside. My concern with Simmons is they just put him back on the field or they rush his recovery, which I think would be bad, not only for Simmons, but for the team. Now, the Titans went to the other Mississippi school and drafted wide receiver A.J. Brown in the second round. They followed that up with UNC Charlotte guard Nate Davis in round three. Now, personally, Brown was my top receiver in this class. He's number two on our board here at Draft Analyst. There are questions as to how well he would test, but he's surprised in Indy, and there are no questions about His ability as a receiver, very natural catching the football, tracks it well over his shoulder. He's an outfielder in the San Diego Padres system as well. And you can see that ball tracking ability that an outfielder would have really translate to the gridiron. Brown's also a monster after the catch. He has really good size and truly a guy who can win both inside and out. Nate Davis is a strong blocker. 
controls opponents at the point, can get to the second level quickly as well. Not as good pulling laterally as he is moving up the field. He does have some technique to clean up. But with NFL coaching, he absolutely has the talent to become a starter on the inside of the offensive line for Tennessee. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown was an absolute steal. They need help at wide receiver. I think A.J. Brown is going to contribute as a rookie. I think he's going to eventually develop into a starter at the next level, probably sooner rather than later. I thought it was a sensational pick for him. Nate Davis, he's a guy who's got a high upside. He's a good player. He's strong. You just can't put him in a complex uh, blocking scheme. So if they just keep him in a small area and let him do what he does best. I think Nate Davis could also quickly break into a starting lineup. I think, you know, you got to watch out for some mental breakdowns on the field. Just a physically talented offensive lineman who's got to get it together between his ears, but he's got a good upside. Now, Tennessee had three picks on the third day. Iowa safety Amani Hooker was the choice in round four. Georgia edge rusher DeAndre Walker in round five. And West Virginia linebacker David Long in round six. Now, Hooker is a nice long-term complement to free safety Kevin Byard. He's a good athlete. He's explosive up the field. And while he isn't great in coverage, that's where Byard excels. So I think that could be an interesting pairing down the line. Walker was a steal in the fifth round. Didn't work out in the lead up to the draft coming off hernia surgery. Maybe the lack of an athletic profile led to his drop here. But Tony, I know you're going to wax poetic on Walker in a few, so I'll let you do that. Uh, David Long is very tiny. He's just 227 pounds. He's going to need to be covered up on the inside of the Titans 3-4. But he's fast and explosive in pursuit. Does play bigger than his listed size as well, although he's likely to start out as a backup and a special teamer. Tony, take it away. Yeah, I mean, Marnie Hooker is basically a limited strong safety. He is explosive. He's a little bit short, which is going to hurt in coverage, but he's got to improve his ball skills. DeAndre Walker, you're right. I mean, he was one of my favorite linebackers. I thought he was one of the most underrated linebackers in this year's draft. I think he's a great fit. For the Tennessee Titans, he's going to add pass rush ability at outside linebacker. He's a guy who has a three-down ability, had that sports hernia surgery. The second day of practice at the Senior Bowl was not able to test. I'm just shocked he fell this far. Good on the Titans for selecting him. I hope I'm right, and I hope he has a long, productive career, as I think is possible. David Long, like you said, I, I think it's a solid pick because, again, on the inside of a 3-4 defense, you're looking for a smaller guy that's very quick and can run to the ball and get from point A to point B immediately, and that's what David Long does. Now, Tennessee grabbed a bunch of free agents after the draft. To me, the guy with the most intrigue is North Carolina wide receiver Anthony Ratliff-Williams. His poor 2018 probably ended up knocking him out of the draft, but he has decent size, good speed, really made a ton of big plays for the Tar Heels last season, despite substandard QB play and just an overall terrible team. Who else interests you in this group, Tony? There's a couple of them. Like you said, Anthony Ratliff-Williams, at one point in time, I had him graded as a potential third, fourth rounder. Didn't run super fast during his pro day. I think, you know, like uh, some of the other juniors, was not invited to the combine, which was an eye-opener, and that really killed his chances of being drafted. You go to the uh, defensive side of the ball, they took two kids out of Tennessee Chattanooga. Nose tackle Isaiah Mack and safety Kareem Moore. Mack is a quick, explosive guy on the inside. He's very tough to stop. He's got decent size at 6'1", 306 pounds. He's more of a one-gap nose tackle. We have his report available at draftanalyst.com. He's a guy I've watched for two years. Kareem Orr, the former Rutgers safety who uh, was dismissed from Rutgers, played incredibly well at Tennessee Chattanooga last year. He's got excellent size. He's explosive. He's got solid ball skills. Ran 4-7 at his pro date, which really killed him. But he's a solid player. I mean, if he plays well in special teams, he could make the active roster 
Same thing with, with Darius Wiley, another more of a straight line type of safety out of Vanderbilt. He's explosive. He's a special teams guy. He's got a great head for the ball, better than average ball skills. I, I thought Wiley, you know, should have got consideration in the late rounds. I thought this was an outstanding signing by the Titans who, you know, if they want to load up on safeties and expensive safeties anyway, I think Wiley and Orr, if they play well over the summer, have an opportunity to make the roster. Obviously only six picks for the Titans here, but they're all solid selections as we went over a couple decent undrafted free agents as well. At least four of their picks probably came at plus value. So in this case, it's really a quality over quantity situation, right, Tony? Absolutely. I thought they did a very good job. Very good with the caveat being, you know, you got to let Jeffrey Simmons heal. Don't be afraid to sit him on the sidelines. But Arthur Brown, I think, will contribute as a rookie. Nate Davis will contribute as a rookie. You know, everyone knows my feelings about DeAndre Walker. I think that was one of the steals of the draft. So I I thought overall it was a very good effort by the uh, Tennessee Titans. That's all for the 68th episode of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. We'll return later this week to break down the NFC South. But in the meantime, head over to draftanalyst.com for all the latest info on the players your favorite team drafted and signed after the draft, and listen to the rest of our divisional recap shows. For Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.